Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to give you this scripture this afternoon. This scripture is Job 23, 14. Write this down. Job 23, 14. And I'm going to give you three or four scriptures similar to this. Job 23, 14. It says, For he performeth the things appointed for me, and many such things are with him. You ought to underline that in your Bible. He performeth the thing that is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. I'm going to say it again. How many of you have your Bible? You can read it out loud with me. And let's make it real personal. Are you ready? For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me. And many such things are with him. Say it one more time. I want you everybody to say it right now. Say it one more time and be real loud. Are you ready? For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Now, you could go up to verse 10 and read several of these verses together, couldn't you? Verse 10 says it this way. For he knoweth the way that I take. I'm glad that God knows the way that you take. He knows your address, knows your name, knew you before you were born. And he's got a plan and a purpose for you specifically. He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food or my daily food. In other words, I get so hungry for God, I forget to eat sometimes. Verse 13, and he is in one mind and who can turn him and what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. Verse 14, for he performeth the thing that is appointed for me and many such things are with him. I want you to underline, take notice of these words. He performeth. He performeth. And we're going to look at the performance of God. And we could title this, It Shall Come to Pass. It shall come to pass. I like the way Dad Hagen says it. It shall come to pass at last. Hallelujah. And it won't be an accident. You have some divine appointments. I said, you have some divine appointments. He performs the thing that's appointed for you. The Living Bible says it this way. So he will do to me all he has planned. And there is more ahead. Are y'all going to have to hold you down today? I'm telling you because... You better lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes and make room for the supernatural because you're going to break out on the right hand and on the left hand. Hallelujah. 
In other words, you're going to have a double breakout. God wants to do more than one thing at one time. I was praying one time, talking to God. I said, Lord, this, this, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And the Lord said, you're trying to get me just to do one thing at a time. I don't do one thing at a time well. I like to do about ten things all at the same time. He said, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. How I many know God can do more than one thing at once? That means His power can hit your spirit, hit your mind, hit your body, hit your finances, hit your family, and hit several areas all at once. I mean, you'll have fragments of the Holy Ghost hitting you all over your life. You say, ah, God got into my finances. He got into my body. He healed my body. Got into my kids, my family, and my grandkids. He got into my future. Let me know that God's already walking out there in your future, and He's got some things prearranged. Prearranged. That you're not an accident. You don't have to just go by whatever turns up. Somebody said, some people have turn-up philosophy. They said, we're going to see what's going to turn up. No, you don't have to just go what's going to turn up. You can have a positive expectation. That's something good. Let me read the Living Bible again. He will do to me all he has planned. And there is more ahead. How many of the devil ever told you this is about the end of it? You've got blessed about as much as you're going to get blessed, and you're just about to the end of it, and the best days are behind you. How many of the devil ever told you, yeah, you got something last year or the year before, but you're not going to get it this time. This is about the end of it. It's kind of run out for you. The blessing has kind of come to an end for you. I'm here to tell you today that God has more ahead. There is an expectation of the supernatural. I was reading the paper today, and I looked, and they have Woodstock 99. Woodstock 99. And then, then across the Midwest, it says they got a wave of heat going across the Midwest. Then at Woodstock, it said they had a wave of anger and violence go across Woodstock 99, trying to duplicate 69. Let me tell you this, Mr. Devil, if you want to duplicate 69, then God's going to duplicate it also. And there's going to be another Jesus people revival that's going to hit the youth of America and the glory of God. There's a wave of glory. How I many you know, not a wave of violence, not a wave of heat, but a wave of the glory of God. You better get your surfboard ready. You better catch this wave. Hallelujah. Remember what Jesus told Nathaniel. He said, I saw you when you were sitting underneath that fig tree. Nathaniel's over there and he, and, and he says, I saw angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. While Jesus was teaching and ministering, there, the heavens were open and angels, there was angel traffic going on. How I many believe there's a highway between here and heaven and there's some traffic on that? There's all kinds of stuff moving all the time. A greater network of traffic than there is the L.A. freeways. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff coming. Some to Tulsa. Some of it's going to Dallas. Some of it's going to Asia. Some of it's going to Africa. Some of it's going to South America. Some of it's going to Europe. But there's a highway that's being built going. The glory of God to the nations. Nathaniel said, I... I saw angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And Jesus said, Yes, thou shalt see greater things than these.
Thou shalt see greater things than these. In other words, you say, well, I'll tell you what I've seen. I've seen this now. Get ready now. You shall see greater things than you've ever seen up to this point. You say, why? Because we have some divine appointments. And there shall be a performance. Let me finish reading this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the Amplified Bible says it this way. He brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. He brings to pass. Oh, thank God for his grace. He brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. Glory. The Message Bible says it this way. He will complete in detail. Somebody better get this now. He will complete. God is a detailed God. He's not just a general this will do or that will do. He's a detailed God. He's a God of specifics. And He knows exactly the desires and dreams of your heart. And He will bring it to pass in absolute detail, custom made with your name on it. Come on now. He's not just counting the hair on your head for nothing. I like Psalms 139. It says He knows when you get up in the morning. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you lay down. He knows when you're walking. He's got a, he's got a, uh, he's got something. You, you know, uh, 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 Bill Gates, I believe it is. He's in his home. I guess it's got a giant home of $50 million or something. And so when you walk through his home, they've got this little computerized thing that they put on their whole family. And when they walk into a room, that that room particularly adjusts to that individual family member. The temperature they like, the lighting they like, and as soon as they walk in that room, everything starts to whoop, 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 adjust. Here come Bill. How many think God's at least smarter than a computer? Huh? How many realize right now that you're walking into your room and it's a supernatural room of abundance and blessing and when you walk in there, God says, Hey, here they come right now. Let's adjust the lighting and the temperature and get it just right just for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is a detailed God. Don't accept anything less than His custom-made plan. Just for you. Custom design just for you. When Trent and I were traveling, we traveled for eight years, uh, 52 weeks a year from church to church. And when we were traveling, uh, I bought a motorhome and I spent absolutely just everything I had on that motorhome. So that our family could stay together and we traveled week after week. And after I bought this motorhome, I needed some some transportation to tow behind it so that I wouldn't end up getting ready for church, you know, and have to take my motor home to church every night. You have to undo everything, go drive a motor home to church. 
And so I needed something to tow behind it. But I'd spent everything that I had on this motorhome. And, and like Brother Hagin says, I stretched my faith. And if you, if you put curtains on my faith, the whole thing will fall in right now. And so I was just stretched out there. And so I said, Lord, you know, I need a car. And uh, there was a guy in my daddy's church that came up to me and said, I got a, I got a car for you. I said, what kind of car? He said, well, it's, it's a Ford Pinto. I said, how much you want for it? He said, $300. I said, glory to God. And so I was, went and looked at it, and that thing was rusted out. looked like it had rats in the back seat. I mean, it's an old, ugly Ford Pinto. So I, I kind of sheepishly told Trina, I said, now, now honey, I, I found some transportation to tow behind this motorhome, and, and, and I don't jump to any conclusions, but, but I, that's all I can afford, $300. I can pay cash for it. And so she saw it. She said, is that that Pinto? She said, God's got something better for you than that old rusted Pinto. But in my mind, that's all I can see. That's the best I could do. She said, you just hold steady. So we prayed and agreed together. I said, Lord, whatever thou doest, do quickly. I know you're in heaven, but we're down here. <laughs> We drove it out to Phoenix, uh, or to Tucson. We got to Tucson for a week, went to Yuma, Arizona, got there and preached, and a guy in the church came to me and said, listen, I got a car that I want to give you. Now, I used to get real excited about that until I'd seen a few cars that people gave away. And so I just said, you let me look at it. So we went over to his house, and he went into the garage, and he said, here is a car that I bought for my wife a year ago. She never drives it. He said, and I want you to have it. I want you to tell you this. This car was just practically brand new. This car was white with two different shades of stripes on it. One was orange and one was brown. The motor home that I bought just about a month earlier was white with two different shades of stripes on it. One was orange and one was brown. God said, that's the way I do business, boy. If you just hold steady, I got something better for you. Now, I know some of you jumping on this because you, you want a vehicle, but let me tell you this. I'm not just talking about cars. I'm talking about you believing God for His best in your life instead of dragging some old second-rate thing around. You say, God, I'm holding steady right now. You have some things appointed for me, reserved and set aside, custom-made, belong to me, and I know you're getting me from here and putting me the right direction and landing me there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. The next scripture I want to give you is this. I've just got to tell this because I think it's funny. And I hadn't told it in a while. But we were raised in a church where people stand up and give words and prophecies, you know. And... Uh, this one church, there's a real fancy evangelist, came in to preach, and this lady in the church, she had prophesied and stuff. She said, I don't like that evangelist. Don't you have him preach? And um, pastor said, I'm going to have him anyway because I like him. 
Now they said, well, I don't like him and you don't need to have him preach. And so the Sunday came, the evangelist came in to preach and boy, he's all dressed up. And he stood up to preach and that woman stood up and began to prophesy. She said, thou thinkest thou art a humdinger. But thou art not a humdinger, thou art just a dinger. Some people do a whole lot of things, you know, in the name of the Lord, you know. But I'm going to tell you this. Some of you may think you're a humdinger, but I'm going to tell you this. All of us have had times when it seems like you just go, I ain't nothing but a dinger. How many of you have felt like, I ain't nothing but a dinger? But let me tell you this. The moment you get in Christ Jesus, you are the workmanship of God created in Christ. And you're a Holy Ghost humdinger. I can tell you that. There ain't nobody like you. God created you, designed you, got a plan for you. And you are a Holy Ghost humdinger. Hallelujah. Jump over to Luke chapter 1 verse 45. These are the words of Elizabeth, anointed by the Holy Ghost, talking to Mary. Now, <laughs> whoo, glory. Hallelujah. This is the first women's aglow meeting. Women of the Word. The only man there, God struck him dumb. <laughs> Told him to shut up. These are the most peaceful nine months of Elizabeth's life. When Zacharias couldn't say nothing, he just had to give me a pad. Let me write something on it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> if God's going to bring it to pass, he had to shut the man's mouth and let the women talk a while. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'll have to add this in here like Brother Osteen says, you know. He said, he said, where would we be without women? He says, in the Garden of Eden, that's where we'd be. So I have to add that in there. <laughs> that would even things out for the men. All right. But these two, <laughs> ah, glory to God. These two women out in the country. Out on the hillside in a little house having a Holy Ghost meeting. How I many know you need to have more than just one Holy Ghost meeting here? You need to have a Holy Ghost meeting, not just a camp meeting. You need to go ahead and have some in your house. And Mary went to find her cousin. Now, I said yesterday everybody needs at least four crazy friends. That believe all things are possible that are not ashamed to knock a hole in the roof and let you through. Everybody needs at least four crazy friends that will not just believe God for something for themselves, but say, I got my miracle, but I'm not stopping till you get yours. The real spirit of faith is not selfish, just trying to get something for yourself. The real spirit of faith says, I got mine, I'm going to help you get yours. And we need agreement and we need one another. God designed the body of Christ where that nobody has everything. We need one another. I, I like what one old woman told me. I was a young preacher and thought I knew a whole lot more than I did. She came up to me and she said, Mark, 
You can't fire a cannon from a canoe. I said, and, and what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> she said, you can't fire a cannon from a canoe. She said, it will sink your boat. And there's a lot of people got a big gospel cannon and they're trying to fire it from a canoe character. So sometimes God has to work in you a while. That's why He puts you that way. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> that's, why, that's why He puts you that way when you're trying to tell Him, No, Lord, I need to go that way. No, God says, You're on schedule. You've got some appointments. He says, look at my day timer. He looked at somebody said, well, I think I missed some appointments. You know what you call that? Disappointment. But there's something about God that even if you've missed some appointments, He controls the calendar and He'll take hold of something that you might have missed 10 years ago. He'll grab it and He'll pull it up into 1999 and He'll give you another chance at a divine appointment. Hallelujah. And so here's, if you want to fire a cannon, you can't do it from a canoe. You really have to do it from a ship. A ship, yeah, it's going to take something bigger. I said, what kind of ship? The Lord said, a relationship. Are y'all still here? In other words, you ain't going to be able to get there by yourself and you can't do it alone. You need some supernatural relationships that are placed in your life by the Holy Ghost. Paul had Barnabas and Barnabas got him and brought him to the company at Antioch. And when he got there, the Holy Ghost fell on him and launched him out. And Timothy had Paul. And the story goes on and on. Elijah and Elisha and Moses and Joshua. God always sets somebody in your life that you may not like what they look like, but you know they got something you need to get. Hey! Hallelujah! All the preachers love to preach on soteriology. That means we want to talk about salvation and redemption, and that's great and wonderful and how we're healed and blessed. We like to talk about soteriology. Then a lot of preachers love to talk about eschatology. The last days. We're in the last days. And we are. How many know we're living in the last days? And we like to preach about what's happening all over the world. And we're living in the last days. The last days of harvest and the return of Jesus. And Jesus is coming soon. We like to preach about eschatology. Then there's those who like to preach about pneumatology. And they get a little bit strange on you. Because they want to talk about the realm of the pneuma, the spirit. They go, and then there's spirits here and there's spirits there. And we need to know about the realm of the Spirit. 
We like to talk about that in theology. And we like to talk about all the different kinds of ologies. But in Paul's letters, there's another ology called ecclesiology. That's the fitting together of the body of Christ. And that when you get together with other believers, there is an assembly of the Holy Ghost and the power of God released in your life. You can't get it on your own. You've got to be hooked up with somebody else. Now I'm going to say this to all the pastors and preachers. We love to preach about right relationships to our church. But let me tell you this. Even as a pastor, we need a pastor and we need a spiritual father. And we thank God for Dad Hagen and the whole Hagen family so that we have somebody that can give us correction. Keep us in the right course. Hallelujah. So the way a few years, you know, when I was a kid, I, was, I guess 11 or 12 years old, I had a newspaper route called Grit. You ever heard of Grit newspaper? And a Grit newspaper, you sell it once a week, and you know, back when I sold it, I think it was 15 cents. And so I'd sell the Grit once a week, and uh, in our town, such a small town, that, that I had a horse, and I delivered the Grit newspaper on the horse. And my profit was 7 cents. That's what I made. Usually all my profit went into... Twinkies and Cheetos before I ever got home. <clears throat> and so I had this horse. Well, I always wanted a horse. I got to have a horse. Mom and dad finally let me have a horse. And so I, I used the horse and sell papers. But it seemed like, you know, morning after morning that my daddy would come in, turn on the light, and he said, Mark, I am not taking care of your horse. Your horse... You take care of your horse, and your horse is out of the pen again. I get up 5 o'clock in the morning because so-and-so called. Some lady called, said, your horse is eating her strawberry, eating the strawberries out of her strawberry patch. I'd go over there, and it'd still be foggy outside, and go over there, and I'd say, buddy, horse named Buddy, what you doing out here? You get back over in your bed. I'd take him back over and put him in the pen, and a few days later, he'd be at, back out again. And so I'm trying to take care of my horse. And one time, Buddy disappeared for two weeks. Two weeks. We didn't know where in the world Buddy was, so I think we put an ad in the paper or something. We was trying to find lost horse. We'll come to Buddy like strawberries. But after a couple of weeks, finally somebody called us and said, we think we got your horse over here in another town called Brazoria, Texas. And so I went over there to get him. And between West Columbia and Brazoria, there's a bridge. So when I tried to get Buddy, I'm trying to ride him back home. And when he came up to that bridge, he clonked on that bridge. And he went, man, he started freaking out. I said, what's the matter with you, buddy? Settle down here. I rode him back up to that bridge. He got right up to that bridge. And he went, clonk, clonk on that bridge, and he jumped back like this. So I got off of him and grabbed the reins. I took him up. I said, I'm going to take you across this bridge, buddy. I got him up to the side again, clonk, clonk on that bridge. Man, he pulled back, and he pulled me clean back, and he said, I can't get buddy across that bridge. Finally, my daddy said, we got a real cowboy. To get Buddy across that bridge. <laughs> but years later, I just went on one of these trails up in Colorado, and I'm riding these uh, uh, horses with this old cowboy. 
And I explained to him what was going on. He had some tobacco in his mouth. This is not a Christian ride. He had his tobacco in his mouth while we were riding along looking at the scenery. And he's going, all right, done he's spitting tobacco. He's like it. And so I rode up there next to him because of one of those trail rides. And so we crossed the bridge. And so I, I told him about my horse, Buddy. I said, it, I said, you know, I used to have a horse named Buddy. And that horse would not cross a bridge. I could not get him to cross that bridge. I said, why is that? You, you do. He says, sure, I deal with a lot of horses. He says, nobody knows. <laughs> he spit the back. I said, you mean nobody knows why? Some horses will cross a bridge and other horses won't cross a bridge. He said, no, sir. I don't know. I said, do you think maybe it was like some sort of experience they had when they were a colt? Maybe this is a genetic problem. Maybe before they were born, he ran in the family or something. <laughs> he said, nobody knows. <laughs> I said, have you ever had a horse like that? He said, yep. Had a horse like that. I said, well, what would you do to your horse? He said, he said, well, what we usually do. He said, uh, we just take that scared horse that's never crossed the bridge. We hook it up to one of these old horses that's crossed a lot of bridges. We tie them together. And then that old horse will steady that young horse and they go across that bridge together. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> How many of y'all with me on this? Ah, how many of y'all with me on this? What that means is this. Sometimes there's some bridges that you need to cross and you'll never get across them because there's something in you that pulls back and draws back from that. But thank God for the body of Christ and supernatural relationships. He'll tie you up to an old horse already been across that bridge. Say, come on, baby. I'll take you across. Hallelujah. How many like to hook up to some old horses that already crossed some bridges and say, I'm sticking with you, baby. We're going to cross some bridges here. Hallelujah. I see some of y'all say, say, you ate too much. Some of you going, oh, Lord. They're going to have to drag me across the bridge. All right, let's go on. Luke chapter 1, verse 45. Have you got that? Elizabeth and Mary. Are you ready? And here's... <laughs> and blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth was shouting and prophesying, full of the Holy Ghost. How I many you know when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you say all kinds of stuff? And Elizabeth is prophesying to Mary. And as soon as John the Baptist on the inside of her heard Mary's voice, John the Baptist in there in the Bible says, says, says he leaped on the inside of her. 
In other words, John the Baptist in there, and as soon as he heard murder, he went, Woo! You know what he's thinking? He said, let me out of here. I got something I got to say. The kingdom of God is at hand. Something from heaven's coming forth. Somebody say, well, I'm a Baptist. If you're a good Baptist, you ought to be jumping. That's what John did. He was jumping before he was ever born. Blessed is she that believed. In other words, there was a confirming word. God had spoken to Mary, but how many know God's got to set up and He'll have somebody else say the exact same thing to you that He said to you to confirm that word in your spirit. Blessed is she that believed. How many know that God can speak to you once and speak to you twice and He'll say it again just to make sure that it's implanted in your spirit, man, that the devil can't get it away from you. Blessed is she that believed. Oh, I like to hang out around believers, don't you? Blessed is she that believes, for there shall be. There shall be what? A performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. There shall be a performance. That means this, God said it, He'll do it. If He's spoken it, He will make it good. He will bring it to pass. It shall come to pass at last. Believe. Blessed is she that believes. Woo! Glory. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, how's it going to be? How's the performance going to happen? Look up to verse 35. Tells you how. The Holy Ghost shall come on you. How shall it be? The Holy Ghost shall come on you. Blessed is she that believes. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Blessed is she that believes. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost always lands on faith. Are y'all still here? The Holy Ghost always lands on faith. Blessed is she that believes. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. In other words, He shall bring it to pass. He'll perform it. Zechariah 4, 6. It is not by might. It's not by your education. It's not by your ability. But it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say, it shall come to pass. There shall be a performance. Now jump over to the other one, Romans chapter 4. We're looking at all these scriptures that say, He performs a thing that is appointed for me. He performs a thing that is appointed for me. Romans chapter 4, you got that? Verse 17, are you ready? As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. How many got that? How many think I need to do it again? Huh? Go on to verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope. That means when it looked impossible, Abraham said it is possible. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. 
so shall thy seed be. Verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he is about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded. What he had promised, he was able also to perform. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Let me read this in some other translations. Are you ready? He staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hudson translation says, he was not led by the lack of faith to doubt God's promise. On the contrary, by confessing God's power. Giving glory to God, he just kept confessing God's power. Godly translation says, he was filled up with dynamite through faith, having given glory to God. While he's giving glory to God, God filled him up with what? Everybody say dynamite. The Living Bible says he praised God for this blessing even before it happened. Clarence Jordan says he never concluded that his contract with God had been canceled. I like that one. He never concluded that his contract with God had been canceled, but stoutly maintained God's faithfulness. Hmm. Arthur S. Way says, but when he turned his eyes toward the promise of God, there came no distrust to make him waver. He was by faith, he was filled with virile vigor when once he had, by trusting God, given him glory. Through faith, he was strengthened through faith while he's given glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let me show you this here. That what God has promised, He's able to perform. 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 And all we have to do is just believe that word. And the way the Lord said it to me is the word spoken to you must be spoken through you. Are y'all still here? What God said to you must be spoken through you, and then you gotta act like it's so. Hallelujah. 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 Ha 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 ha. It shall come to pass. 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 Ha 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 ha. Now you say now, exactly how it's come back by the Holy Ghost. But there is an appointment. An appointed time. Now you know Hebrews 11, 11. Turn over there real quickly. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with this. How to maintain through the spirit of faith the atmosphere that gives birth to God's performance. How many know that God is a performing God? I said, God is a performing God. There shall be a performance. How many know that God loves performances? I said, God loves performances. He must love performances 
any God that would open up the Red Sea and allow His children to walk across on dry ground and then close it up on all of Pharaoh's army. He must be a God of performance. Y'all still here? That when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace and God sent in the fourth man and Jesus went in that fire, that must have been a real show. God must like performances. Are y'all still here? <laughs> How many of you know the resurrection of Christ was a great performance? How many know the day of Pentecost was a great performance? How many know that the rapture of the church is going to be a great performance? How many know this last day harvest in the nations of the world shall be a great performance? God is a God of performance. Listen now. The script has already been written. Your part has already been written. Your name is already in there. All you got to do is read the script and act out your part. It's been act one, act two, act three, and we're moving into the final act. And all you got to do is say, here I am, God. I'm on the stage. What's my part here? It's time for you. I said it's time for you. To read your part. Hallelujah. Woo! Hebrews 11, 11. You got it? Now, what, what, before I read that, how many know where that verse comes from in, in Job 23, 14? How many know that that, that that verse and that statement was made right in the middle of when Job had lost everything? Are y'all still here? Job made that statement. And whatever Job knew or he didn't know and, and all of the problems that Job had, at least Job knew a few things. Are y'all still here? One thing in Job 19, he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. How many know when you know that, you can deal with just about anything you face in life if you know that your Redeemer liveth? And so Job 23, 14 was written... From a place where Job had lost everything, but he said, he performs the thing that's appointed for me, and there's more ahead. In other words, it's not over yet. In other words, devil, don't you laugh now. Don't get too happy, devil, now, because I'm anticipating a show. I said, I'm anticipating a show. There's a performance coming up. And I'm not the performer. I'm just the believer. God is the performer. I just believe it. Are y'all still here? And so where Job was headed, he was headed from that point of losing everything to Job 42.10 where it says, And God gave Job twice as much as he had before. The Lord turned his captivity and gave him double. Now get ready. We're going to move into this. Are you ready? Ah, uh -huh. The devil gave you an appointment with disaster and with trouble, but God's got an appointment in the middle of that, and He's promoting you and bringing you into blessing and bringing you into abundance. What the devil meant for evil, God gets in the middle of that and turns it around for good and for blessing. Ah. Uh, that's the reason Job, in Job 5.22, he says that destruction... 
and famine. I will. Now I want you to see something here. I want you to see something about the performance of God. And in the middle of this believing, Job, he might not have known everything, but he knew this. At the middle of the situation, at destruction and famine, I will laugh. So Job's just laughing. He's going, ah, ah. His friends think he's crazy. He's lost his mind. He's laughing. Ah, why are you laughing, man? You look like you lost everything. And Job says, I got a word from God. He performs a thing that is appointed for me. And I have an appointment with redemption. I've got an appointment with healing. I've got an appointment with blessing. And so Job's just laughing. Ha, 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 ha. The Holy Ghost will have you laughing at the most unusual time. Are y'all still here? I said the Holy Ghost will have you laughing at the most unusual time. Let me show you what happened. God is holding us in a place of faith where we can't really mess up what he's doing, where we can rest, enjoy the trip, and know the destination is going to be good. So let's see how he's going to do that. Are you ready? Hebrews 11, 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Through faith, Sarah received what? Strength to what? Conceive. Now turn to Genesis 21 and let's see how she got strength to conceive. Are you ready? Are y'all still with me? Huh? Genesis 21, you found that? Jump over there real quick. Verse 1. Hallelujah. Ah. Ah. It shall come to pass. Ah. Ah. Are you ready? Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Underline the set time. You have an appointment. There is a set time. Some of you in this place, you're just now getting ready for some supernatural divine appointments. A set time to give birth to the promise and the plan of God in your life. A set time. I like Psalms 102 verse 13 says the set time has come. The time to favor the nation of Israel. God said the time to favor set time is here. One translation says the moment designated. Hallelujah. Everybody say this time is a set time designated for the favor of God. The performance of God. In my life. Ha ha ha. Skip down to verse 6. And Sarah said, God hath made me too. God hath made me to what? Let's read it again. 
She said, God has made me to what? Why is she laughing? She says, so that all that hear me will what? She said, I'm laughing and God's hooking me up to some laughing partners and I'm receiving strength to conceive and to give birth to what looks impossible with man. It is possible with God. God's making me laugh and He's hooking me up with some other laughers. Listen to me. While she was laughing, she received strength to conceive. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We know when God told her that to start with, she must have laughed in unbelief. But something must have happened while she was laughing. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And she switched from unbelief and moved over into faith and received strength to conceive. She didn't have the strength. Are y'all still here? She didn't have the strength naturally. But while she's laughing, she conceived. She received and conceived through strength while she's laughing. I know some people despise the laughing revival. Huh? God is restoring joy. But she said, God made me laugh. In other words, he's got to get her out of unbelief and get her into faith. And so he's got to get over and she started laughing. She's going, ha ha, ha ha ha. And she started seeing a baby, ha ha ha. Wonder what we're going to name him. Laughter. Isaac. Every time she called Isaac, she said, ha ha. Some of y'all need to name your church, ha ha. You need to name that dream or that vision God's given you that looks impossible. You need to say, hey, come here, ha ha. She named him, ha ha. Ha ha, you better get in here right now. Ha ha, named him laughter. Ha ha ha. And some people are just struggling and straining and they're making the ugliest face you can imagine to try to receive the performance of God. But you don't get it that way. You just believe and go, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm not the performer. I'm just the believer. Ha, 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 ha. While she was laughing. There's something about God is He wants all the glory. I said God wants all the glory. He don't want 50%. He don't want 90%. He wants all the glory. So He's designed a method whereby you can get no credit whatsoever for it coming to pass. And while you're laughing, He does it. The atmosphere of faith uh, is a lot like... I used to eat a whole lot of microwave popcorn. I don't eat so much anymore. Used to have a bag of microwave popcorn every night. Till I got to be about 40. Love popcorn. And I knew just how long it took to pop that whole bag. In our microwave, it took three minutes and 45 seconds. I put that bag in there. 
Put on three minutes and 45 seconds. Too long, it's going to burn it. Too short, you have too many un, unpopped kernels in there. I want to pop the whole bag. Put it in the microwave. Three minutes and 45 seconds. Three minutes and 45 seconds can seem like a long time when you're waiting on your popcorn. I'm on to watch an NFL football game. I got me my popcorn I put in the microwave. I go over my recliner. I put me a root beer over there. And here's the popcorn. It's, it's in the microwave. Mm, it got a little light. I look in there. there. Ain't nothing happening. Look at the timer. One minute. Nothing happened. I go back in there, take a drink of my root beer. Say, I guess I'll sit down. And I think, no, I ain't going to sit down. Popcorn be ready in a minute. I'm going to go back in there. I go back in there. Look in there. Nothing happening. Look at the thing. Two minutes. Well, I guess I go sit down. I go in there, give me a drink of root beer. Think, no, I'm not going to sit down. I'm popcorn be ready in a little bit. I'm going to go back in. I go back in there. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Nothing happening. I look in there. So, man, there must be something wrong. There's been two minutes and 30 seconds. Ain't nothing happened. All of a sudden, after about two minutes, 30 seconds, something will go, pop. I go, hey. Got one pop. A few more seconds, it'll go another pop, pop. And I go, got three pops. And then it'll go, a pop, 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 pop. Three minutes. Pop, 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 pop. All the way to three minutes and 45 seconds. And that thing will start going, pop, 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 boy. I'm just going, oh, baby, popcorn's coming out. The Lord said that's the way it is with your faith. Many times when you're believing and you're laughing and you're rejoicing and you put that, that thing in the, in the oven of your faith and the atmosphere of faith and, and, and the devil says nothing happening, nothing happened, nothing happened one minute, nothing happened two minutes, you think. Ain't nothing happening. You're laughing saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm giving glory to God. Praise God. He is able. And the devil say, look, ain't nothing happening. You go, oh, don't look like nothing's happening. Don't stop the process. Leave it in there. Because God's got one pop for you just to encourage you, to tell you that your faith is working. And there's one pop. Pop. You go, hey, glory. I got one pop here. Hallelujah. How many of y'all had at least one pop? Oh, I got another pop. Glory to God. Something's happening. My faith is working. I'm going to keep laughing. I'm going to keep rejoicing. I'm going to keep shouting. A pop, 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 pop. And the Lord said it to me this way. In the last minute, I'll pop your whole bag. One time I went in there and there, there were no pops to three minutes and 45 seconds. None. I said, there's something wrong now. And somebody had turned it off a high down to defrost. If you hadn't had any pops in a while... You need to get off a of defrost and turn that baby back up to high. 